All right, everybody. Welcome back to Best Hour of Their Day. Fern here with a good friend of mine uh, who I've been working with for a couple years, uh, Justin Ross from Monkey Real Media. And I was texting him the other day because I was driving in my car thinking about all the media that I need to produce over the next month. And I was like, I should probably have him on the show to talk about best practices. So um, I know you're busy, or actually, I don't know if you're busy right now. You're probably a little bit less busy than you want to be. So thanks. Keep keeping busy. I mean, fortunately, um, our end of the business is all post-production stuff. So uh, stuff that we can work on remotely and, you know, everything from editing to motion graphics and everything in that realm. So we can work remotely. Um, but yeah, I mean, every, every industry is getting, getting slammed right now. So, so we are, I wanted to have you on because the, this particular topic has probably never been more on the front, the forefront of a gym owner's mind right now. It's just like, I have to produce content. I have zero people in my gym. Absolutely. Everything has to be done virtually. And many of them, dare I say the majority of them have not started to dip their toes in the content production creation editing waters yet and are just spinning their wheels they literally don't know where to start they don't know if they should use their phone should they invest in equipment like how does zoom work what is zoom all that stuff and um so i figured we would just try to unpack some things uh from your end with regard to just you know being that is what you guys do primarily so we were talking about this beforehand but justin owns this post-production, which is primarily what Monkey Reel does, but also a full production, full media production company as well. But we're going to be talking mostly about post-production where, and for anybody that doesn't even know what that means. So the way I have worked with Justin in the past is I do all of the shooting of the video and then I just drop a file to Justin and then he does all of the editing and sends me back the finished product. So that's what we're talking about when we say post-production. Um, so where I think would be most valuable is lowest level possible here, Justin, meaning I have never touched a camera in my life. All my, my members are gone, but I do happen to have an iPhone 10. So what the hell do I do and how do I start capturing content? Sure. Um, I would say probably 95% or more of the clients we work with are using things like their smartphones, some other very basic elements to add into that, uh, to give it, you know, as much of a professional quality, uh, look and sound as possible. And on the newer smartphones, you can really go a long way. Like, like you said, an iPhone. Um, so just with using your iPhone, um, couple other, uh, things that I would recommend in kind of getting started, um, tripod. Uh, any kind of interview content or direct-to-camera content is much easier than holding your phone up. Um, there's a time and a place for more kind of selfie content. If you're doing quick live stuff, you know, totally okay. But if you're looking to get some more polished stuff for things like your website and social media, a uh, good tripod is, is, is good to have. Cheap, cheap and effective thing you can pick up on Amazon. Yeah, 30 um, bucks would be oh, yeah. it. yeah, so... Absolutely. And then usually most of them will come with a little adapter for the tripod, hold any kind of size smartphone. Um, another thing I would definitely recommend would be um, for sound, which is just as equally as important. Um, you know, people will be a little bit forgiving on kind of a, a slightly blurry shot from time to time, but they can't hear you. Uh, that's, you know, that's, that's an issue. So a lav mic, um, especially for interview content, it's going to be the most effective way to pick up more direct audio from a speaker. Mm -hmm. um, clips right onto your collar and plugs directly into your phone. They've got some really great um, mobile phone friendly uh, wireless versions as well right now from companies like Rode. 
Um, so and, yeah, so for the people, because yeah. this comes up a lot, and I and I and I really want to emphasize this because I brought this up in the past too. The is it safe to say that audio is more important than the video? Like if you're just if you had to weigh the two of those, uh, slightly it is. Yeah. Yeah. Again, um, people can be a little more forgiving on that blurry shot, or if something clips for a second. Uh, but uh, if they can't make out what you're saying, and oftentimes this happens when you're not using uh, uh, an actual audio device plugged into your phone. The internal mics, as far advanced as phones have come, the internal mics on cell phones, especially when you're at a distance, they're, they're not great. They're not great quality. And they also tend to pick up a lot of ambient noise, which if you're in a big, you know, a box style gym, sound is bouncing around everywhere. Mm -hmm. So if you've got something close, like an actual microphone lav mic, uh, you know, plugged up close, close to um, your, your mouth, uh, you know, you're going to get much, much cleaner defined audio. Um, and when, if you're recording right from your phone, it syncs the video with the audio. You don't have to mess with anything in editing. And the good thing about that is you can go like some of the like pretty decent ones. Like you can go anywhere from 40 bucks all the way up to 400 bucks, depending on how crazy and how much audio you're doing. So the, the barrier for entry as far as getting good audio could not be lower. So, you know, all you'd have to do is get, you might need an adapter for the iPhones cause that, that yes. jack input, that lightning, it doesn't, uh, doesn't go with most of it, but again, super, super simple investment, but the audio there that you can get off of that is significantly better than trying to get everything. Cause those mics in there are not directional in nature. They're just going to literally pick up everything. So exactly. yeah, invest in something pretty low barrier just to get yourself started. And then what I've done, and as I'm sure you have, is like you'll graduate up on equipment as you start to do a little bit more and then just feel better about the investments as you go. For sure. And uh, there, one other audio option, I mean, I recommend Lav Mic because most of your content is gonna be one person to the camera, be it client testimonial, coach bio, or just kind of a direct address to the camera. But um, if, you're, if you plan on doing more kind of creative style videos where maybe you're getting a few people involved, um, they're going to be talking. They do make on-camera sh like little shotgun-style microphones okay. that mount right onto your camera. And again, it's going to be a better source than using your internal mic on the the phone. Um, and it allows you to pick up from multiple different different sources. Again, I was assuming I don't know much about those, but I'm assuming pretty cost-friendly. They are. Yeah, I think yeah. you can get one within a hundred bucks now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, from again from companies like Rode. Cool. So one, anything, so like, so that's, we're talking about things that are all under a hundred bucks that are going to give yeah. you significantly better production value. So for everything that I've looked at is like, you can get what you need. You can get the bare essentials for under a hundred bucks. And then the next level of that looks like two, it looks like 150 to 300 bucks when we start talking about gimbals handheld, whether it's for a camera or for your phone which can also be useful depending on what you're doing. I don't know where you stand with that stuff or you have any recommendations. Yeah, I mean, if you wanna take it to the next level in terms of things you can play around with and allows you to get more creative with your style of filming and for the, the content you're gonna be making, um, companies like DJI and a million others make uh, what you mentioned, gimbals, which you can mount a, a smartphone to. If you um, kind of graduate beyond that and, and want to get uh, a little more in depth in terms of the look of your footage, you play around with entry entry level DSLR cameras. Um, so uh, these gimbals are great for recording things like B-roll. Um, you know, B-roll is all that accompanying visual footage that you're going to add into, you know, member testimonial or 
um, you know, even even just kind of a general promo video. Uh, B-roll is it's the action shots, right? It's yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Explain to people out. what that B-roll is. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, typically, it's for an example of like a client testimonial. You want to also include, uh, you know, your that particular member working out, interacting with other members, and and getting coached by staff. So um, especially if they're doing movements, it's it could be kind of cool and and, and kind of compelling to add more energetic style shots that you can get on a gimbal where you're getting some movement involved um, in, in your filming. It keeps basically keeps the camera steady instead of you walking handheld and getting those kind of handheld jitters, uh, keeps it nice, steady, fluid movement shots that you can play around with and can get really creative. Yeah, what I found is that it makes, it makes shots that should be boring very visually appealing yes. you know like if you think about any company that's doing high levels of production you could think about like rogue for instance a shot of a of a dumbbell or something like that you, i can either have a picture of a dumbbell or i can have like this panning shot of a dumbbell that looks really cool if i throw some music in the background and this is where you can make things in your gym that like are largely you know seem mundane to add like cool pieces to your content as you go through so for sure. Yeah. It, it was all birthed out of like, um, in the film production world, the steady cam. You ever see the guys with the vests on and, and kind of the arms sticking out and they're moving around and everything's very fluid. It's the same principle. So yeah. just kind of fluid movement shots, always, always more engaging for, for certain styles of content. Yeah. So we'll keep it that. I mean, anything else past that, you probably a uh, film or photography nerd anyway, but I think most entry level, as far as like how much do I need to spend to do what I need to do, 300 bucks is, is, is a fair investment to like get yourself started where you could do. Because if you think about the most, I think the iPhone 10, yeah, they all shoot 4K. So it's not like you, yeah. you don't need any more than that, you know, so. For sure. And honestly, what you're exporting, like if you're doing any kind of editing via your phone or a basic software on your computer, most of the projects you're going to be exporting in 1080 anyway. Because yeah, you're not even going to get the 4K, yeah. Right. Most broadbands still don't support 4K output. So um, 1080 is, is totally sufficient. Okay. So now I'm going to ask you a question so you can just kind of give your thoughts. So let's say you're a gym owner at this point. You are closed for whatever. We're closed for 30 days here at CrossFit Rife. What are you now thinking about? And let's say you have access to a couple athletes here and there are some coaching staff. What are you having this background in film production going to start working on? So um, I think the name of the game is first off volume. I mean, I think at this point you can't service your clients in house. It's how, you know, how much engagement can I possibly provide them? How much value can I possibly provide them? Um, you know, outside of them being in a gym. So just kind of keeping tabs live, live stuff is always great. And you're seeing a lot of uh, gyms incorporating kind of live training and live workouts. You could do pre-recorded stuff too. Mm -hmm. um, so you can do pre-recorded workouts that people can kind of revisit. You can also just kind of, just kind of keep in post could be mindset, could be kind of more development stuff. Um, you know, short engaging videos, maybe telling a story too. Maybe, you know, you've never told, you know, your story of how you got into fitness or how you got into opening your gym. Maybe you can do kind of a quick bio or about us, you know, a video that you can, uh, in editing, add, you know, pictures that you might have, any kind of, you know, uh, pictures from events or, or you know, uh, your, uh, your members while classes were still open. Kind of repurposing content is, is probably a good game plan for right now. Um, 
Uh, aside from that, if you do have the opportunity, you know, to safely uh, film with a staff member, like you said, um, you could do things like staff, you know, coach bios, um, you know, maybe kind of a member testimonial, um, you know, just kind of that social proof content that you could take advantage of at a time, especially at a time like this, to kind of keep people engaged and remind them of why they're staying with you. They're staying as a, you know, a loyal member of your gym. Um, I think that's going to be the most effective types of content right now. Okay. So let's talk about the, so let's say you pick one of those. Doesn't even matter which one, but yeah. let's, uh, let's, let's just pick one for the sake of, uh, execution. Like how do I how, practically, how do I do this? Cause what I want to talk about or, or what I would want you, what I want you to shed some light on is what do I need to be thinking about if I'm behind the camera about like what makes a good shot, whether it's video or photography with regard to making sure that this is actually good captivating content. So things to think about if I'm doing video, whether it's, um, whether I'm shooting B-roll, let's go with B-roll first and then let's go with like uh, straight on interview type yeah. uh, video. Uh, so for B-roll, a couple things to keep in mind. First off, you really can never have too much of it because you might be setting out to say, I want to get some B-roll, some additional kind of action shots to incorporate in this video, but you can also find opportunities down the line to repurpose that B-roll for a million different other types of content. So in terms of just kind of banking that stuff, you can never have too much of it. Um, the other thing I always mention to gym owners is a variety of angles. So not everything is best told through kind of standing eye point of view. There's definitely shots that are appropriate for that, but if you can get a lot of variety of angles, it makes it that much more engaging when you add it all in or kind of mash it up in editing. Um, so getting a low angle of, you know, maybe somebody doing a low to the ground exercise like a deadlift or a plank, um, you know, maybe a close up of somebody's hand going on a dumbbell, a wide shot. Um, you know, if you want to kind of show, you know, the, the breadth of, of space in, in your, your facility and, you know, all the different equipment that you have, maybe a nice wide shot from a high angle, kind of like a bird's eye view. So, um, again, variety is key for angles, um, having as much content, you know, B-roll as possible. Um, to give you plenty of options in that video that you're creating. And I'm trying to think, oh, keeping it short too. So um, you don't necessarily need to, you know, to shoot three minutes of one exercise. Um, you know, it gets kind of repetitive. You're only looking for that best three to five seconds of that take to incorporate. So um, keeping it short, and it kind of saves you on the back end of editing, because editing is by far the most time consuming part of the process. Oh. Um, by keeping it, by keeping the, sh the shots, you know, concise and effective, it saves you time kind of skimming through and finding that best take that, you know, the best three to five seconds in, in post. So um, keeping it short too. Yeah. What I've found is that when I shoot that stuff, cause I, I made the mistake of just leaving the camera on and five minutes of stuff in there is I found it to be way more effective to, turn it on and run it for, I don't know, 30 seconds, get some shots, turn it off. And that way when I'm skimming through, I have a pretty good recollection of what that was and I can pull it out real quick and then use it. Um, so you'll find yourself like turning it on and turning it off a lot. It, it just makes it easier on the back end when I go to actually use it. Otherwise I have to watch five minutes of a video to find something that was specific in there. And for B-roll, you said three to five seconds. I was editing, editing some stuff the other day. And when I think about the CrossFit uh, games, highlight videos and stuff like that. If you're thinking about B-roll, I can't think of most 
kind of like B-roll mashups that would, the clips that they put in there that would even be a second. Like I was putting some stuff in there the other day. Most of it is like a fraction of a second. It's one portion of one direction of a movement. And then I move to the next one. Anything that goes past that, like, I don't know, it gets a little boring, I think. I agree. Um, and it, it does kind of vary for the, for the actual type of video that you're creating. Um, but I mean, sure is key in any content, you know, you, you need to kind of keep that, 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 uh, that video short condensed and to the point where, you know, you're not dragging on too much. So, um, but yeah, I mean, long enough that somebody can actually register what that was. Okay. Mm -hmm. Moving on. Yeah. And, and I, and I think that's important. That's a good way to describe it as much better than I did. It's just like, Oh, I know what that is. And then I move to the next thing to try to keep sure. them engaged as far as the, uh, what they're watching. The, um, the other thing that I, th I think it was you that taught me this. It was two things. One was off angle for interviews. And the other one was, was it the rule of thirds? Yeah. Rule of thirds. So there's two different ways of, of capturing uh, kind of interview or direct to camera content. Um, so let's say for, for this example, like a client testimonial, uh, interview style is suggested. It's kind of more, especially if you're going for a more professional look in your content, um, it's not exactly looking directly to the camera. It's looking right off to the left or to the right at about a 45 degree angle. Um, the typical rule uh, of thumb for interviews that you might see on TV or documentaries is um, uh, kind of using the rule of thirds where the person isn't exactly directly in the center of frame. They're just to the left or just to the right. Uh, and the easy way to do this is looking through the viewfinder of your smartphone. And actually iPhone has a, um, a little tool called grid overlay. It divides what you see in camera by thirds. And you would basically place your subject where those thirds inter intersect. So either towards the left or to the right. Um, but it does depend on where they're looking. So if you have your client looking towards uh, camera right, like so camera right is referring to like you, you looking through the viewfinder, they're looking towards the right, you want to put them at the left thirds. And then, and then obviously opposite yeah. um, if, if they're facing the, uh, the directionally to the left. That way they don't look like they're looking like completely off camera. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're allowing some kind of space in the frame. Uh, the other thing that uh, if you, you start getting into the post-production, it does out allow you to put some sort of graphics in the frame without like covering oh, sure. up somebody's face on there too. So it gives you some room to play around with. Um, yeah. The, uh, the other thing that I found because where the, the off angle tends to be really beneficial isn't is wasn't even so much for me shooting the video. Most people that we deal with in the gym have never been in front of a camera for, for like official purposes. And so it, they can get real weird if you put the camera directly in front of them and they have to talk to that cause it's super awkward. And what I found always makes better interviews cause that's usually what they are is if I set that off to the side and then I sit in front of them, we talk, but that camera is off to the side. So it actually makes the, the interview E more comfortable when they do that. hundred percent. Yeah. Like you said, most people um, are not comfortable or have no experience being on camera before, especially the second you take sometimes the most energetic, outgoing person, you put them in front of the camera, hit record, and nerves and sweats, you know, will ensue. So, um, and you're, you're the familiar face. So you can sit, stand across from them. You're behind the camera. 
the camera's a third person, tell them to pay no mind to the camera. And um, you don't even have to, what I always recommend is hit record in any kind of interview um, type of setup, hit record. Don't worry about stopping in between takes because you're just gonna make more work for yourself and editing, hit record, just let it roll. And because um, you never know what might happen um, you know, in between conversations, sometimes like a really kind of inspiring piece of dialogue, you know, will just kind of come up. So, um, you know, keep it rolling and, you know, make them as comfortable as, as possible. You know, yeah, the I've, ice I've typically found that the best stuff comes once they forget the cameras on. So I'll okay. generally, I'll generally turn it on and then we'll just talk and we'll bullshit a little bit. And, and at some point, they're like, are we recording? And I'm like, yeah, we've been recording for five minutes. And, but now you're comfortable. So now we can get to the good stuff. So, um, yeah, the, and all that stuff is really, really good. The, um, so the other thing I want to talk to you about was kind of like member testimonials, like what I've seen them done a lot of different ways, but what's the most effective means of doing that? Because this topic comes up a lot. So a lot of people have, have quoted coach Greg Glassman as saying that, you know, you don't need to do marketing and that's been misinterpreted because that's not what he was saying. If you go back and you read exactly, or you listen to what he's saying, he was like, the greatest marketing that you'll ever have are your clients. This is where the testimonials come in. So what's your kind of guidance for best practices with regard to getting testimonials? Um, I mean, it's like you said, it's, it's social proof content. It's the most effective type of content that you have. There's other types of social proof content you can create, but member testimonials, that's where you're diving into somebody's story, their journey, their experience through your facility. So what more effective thing that, you know, can you have, uh, tells a lot better of a story than just kind of a headshot and, you know, a brief written bio of them on your website. Um, there's a couple kind of best practices when it comes to these. Um, and, and a couple different ways you can deliver them too. You can do the, you know, one to two minute member testimonial where you're diving into their story. You can also do a kind of docu style where you maybe follow somebody over a period of time uh, on their journey, um, especially if maybe you're putting them through a specific program that you want to eventually promote um, and kind of telling that story in, in, in short bites or maybe just kind of telling the story over time and then you create kind of a mini documentary piece. Um, so when it boils down to it, it's two different entities that are going into this. It's the, um, the actual interview and it's the B-roll, um, and any kind of, you know, action shots and anything that, that can help to kind of emphasize their story that you can tell could even be photos. Um, so for the interview, I mean, we covered kind of the setup in terms of, uh, you know, setting it up 45 degree angle, rule thirds, um, one thing that is important for any interview uh, is mentioning before you hit that record button to them, just to ask them if they can preface the question in their response. So a lot of people will just kind of go off the cuff. You ask them a question and they're just going to go right into it. The viewer is not going to hear the question asked. So you need to give them a little context of what, what this person is talking about. So very simply, if you ask them, you know, hey, what are you know, what are some kind of, uh, you know, physical changes you've seen in yourself since being a part of our gym? Well, some of the physical changes I've seen are X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, it just makes it, again, easier for you in editing. You can start right from the beginning of that response and then cut to the best parts of their response. Obviously, we're only looking for those short bursts or like that, you know, concise, effective run of dialogue that they had for that question. Yeah. 
That one, I didn't realize the importance of that one until I started working with you. And it's like, it, you don't realize it until the simplest things don't work. For instance, if you're going to go really basic, we were just like, hey, state your name. And they're going to be like, and I, would, and I would say Jason Fernandez. But that doesn't work well on film because if yeah. I was going to watch this, it would only work if I said, my name is Jason Fernandez. Because if I just say my name and you're watching this, you don't know me. You could be thinking I'm talking about somebody else. Like you don't know what the hell I'm talking about at that point. So yeah. that's super important and something that again that I learned from you that I didn't realize. You could shoot a bunch, you could shoot an entire interview, and it could be almost useless without that. Sure. Like it would really be hard to get good content out of it. Sure. And listen, don't be afraid of taking it a step further and um, you know helping helping the content that you're ultimately going to be editing and post. Uh, you know, have them state, you know, my name is Justin Ross and I'm an athlete or I'm a member here at CrossFit Right. I mean, get, get some branding drop in there as well. I mean, that doesn't, doesn't hurt to, uh, uh, to say that. What about, what about lighting? Like how important is that? Um, it's, it's important, especially in certain instances. I mean, it's important in basically all shots, but there's ways to, without getting too crazy and like lighting diagrams or, um, you know, setting up lights for all your B-roll. I just say, if you can find a well-lit area, um, and you know, it, it just starting out as well. You can get a cheap uh, lighting kit off of Amazon for a hundred bucks. Uh, I think, you can get a three piece. I think one. the one I have back here, yeah. I think that's like maybe 150 bucks. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a two piece, yeah. Yep, soft boxes. Um, they basically mimic nat natural light, so soft, even lighting. For interviews, it does go a long way. Um, you can get away with overhead lighting or uh, lighting that might be coming in from a window that you can kind of adjust and balance. Also, ultimately, you want to get soft, even lighting around your subject for an interview. But if you incorporate a lighting kit, it makes it that much more easier. Um, so I would recommend lighting if, if you want to play around with it. For B-roll, I would just you know make sure you're shooting your content in well-lit areas. I wouldn't suggest getting in there with lighting and, you know, yeah. the, that same lighting kit and messing around with it, especially it'll be disruptive if you're doing it in a class. Um, so um, just kind of making sure you're in well lit areas because uh, the darker, especially in cell phones, you know, as soon as you get dark, they don't really shoot well in low lighting. So, um, you know, make sure your, your subject or whatever you're capturing is in a, a decently well lit area. The, one of the other things, and I think I got again from you or just from, cause we have a lot of photographers in here too, which is, uh, supremely pertinent to CrossFit gyms is which direction you're shooting. So again, most, where most gyms are in a warehouse with a roll up door in there. If it's a sunny day out, do not shoot towards the open roll-up door. It's basically just floods the shot and it's a shadow of a person, unless that's what you're trying to get. So think about how, you know, having, just like you would if you're actually taking a photo, like you want the sun to your back behind the camera on whatever your subject is. But I made that mistake hundreds of times, just, you know, rolling around getting footage. I'm like, this is awesome. And I go to look at it and I'm like, this is trash because I'm shooting basically directly into the sun with that roll-up door open. Sure. Yep. The, uh, the other, so let's say, okay, so I've, I've gotten the minimal amount of equipment to shoot. I've got, you know, the basic principles of shooting, you know, thirds, offset. I need, I've got good audio. The door's closed. I've got decent lighting. And then I've got one of two options at this point. So I've got all my footage. I can either send this off for post-production, which is what you do, and then have somebody else put that story together for me. Or I can bite off on the 
uh, seemingly impossible task of doing editing on your own. So what would you recommend for somebody who's like, hey, I maybe just don't have the capital for that. I need to edit this. What's the beginner's most friendly option for editing video to get something that looks like a mashup that would look like, oh, it makes my gym look cool, it makes my members look amazing? Sure. Um, in, it really depends on whether you're more comfortable editing your content directly on your phone, especially if you're shooting on your phone, or if you're, you, know, you want to jump on a computer and get kind of a, a bigger frame for things. Um, there's tons of software. A lot of it's free too. I mean, iPhone comes with iMovie. Uh, you can cut all your videos in there. Very, you know, straightforward. Um, there's programs like Movavi, InShot. These are apps that you can download. Um, and they have, a lot of them have desktop versions as well. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the rule of thumb is, you know, cutting, um, you know, cutting out what you're going to use or what, what you're not going to use and keeping what you, you know, uh, what you are, um, laying things out in a timeline, um, messing with audio levels if you need to, adding music, um, little things like, you know, titles. Oh, that's what I want to ask you about too, is the music. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Um, what was, so, so I... I know most people in your industry hate iMovie or just not big fans of it. Now, yeah. and that's just because like nobody in the industry really uses it to my knowledge. Uh, however, as Apple does, they make things very intuitive. So while most people that are working in the industry are like, iMovie sucks, I don't like it, it doesn't make sense. Uh, for somebody who's never done anything, iMovie is pretty intuitive. Like it's a, it's pretty obvious. I should drop it in here and this is what I do. So that's typically what I'll tell people. That's where I started and it made sense. Like I remember the first time I opened up Adobe Premiere and I was just like, this is like trying to read the matrix, man. I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. I don't, I don't have time for this learning curve. Um, and I've slowly kind of graduated. I just started working with like Final Cut Pro, which is like in between, I think Adobe Premiere and iMovie. It's got some different stuff in there, but I usually tell people to just start with iMovie. It's just, it's pretty simple and you can do what you need to in there. Very, very intuitive. And, um, you know, yeah, the, 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 the reason why it's not really used in the film industry and, and editing is uh, th those programs are just a little more limiting. If you're going to be incorporating motion graphics and things like that, um, you know, and, and other effects, it's, you know, you get more range in those other programs, but iMovie, InShot, Movavi, these are ones that are geared towards, you know, very much everyday type of editing, straightforward, you know, slap on, um, you know, some music and make your cuts and, you know, you can edit short content pretty effectively. The, so maybe last two things. I mean, what you've kind of illustrated in this conversation is that you could do all of this from your phone. Oh, you sure. would never, you would never need to get onto a computer to actually like shoot and edit and then distribute this content, which I think is kind of cool. For sure. Yeah. I would say it's the way phones are designed now. It's very effective to be cutting right from your phone. Um, if you're trying to, to achieve a little more of a professional look and take, you know, more control of your content, I would suggest doing it on a computer, be it a laptop or PC, because the larger monitor, the larger frame that you have, you can really see, oh, this person's like leg is in the shot, you know, oh, yeah. I want to, I want to crop in on that. I want to remove, you know, you can, you can get a, a bit a better sense of what, what you shot in a larger frame. So that's the only reason why I wouldn't actually recommend 
editing from your phone, but you certainly can the way smartphones are designed today. And then the only other thing I think most people don't think about, but as you dive into this, you'll start to, it'll start to move to the forefront is most people don't understand that if I'm going to put music on something, I either have to own a license for it or it has to be unlicensed. Right. So think about all this kind of ambient kind of music in the background, whether it's hype music or whether it's like low kind of, um, what is your, where do you recommend people go? So there's a ton of free stuff out there, which is like just free unlicensed music that you can just download, pull it and drop in the back. Um, but what do you recommend where, is there anything that you kind of really have found to be super effective, um, for like simple stuff? Oh, for sure. Yeah. There's tons of, some are membership based and some you can basically just buy an, an individual song. Mm -hmm. um, but there's tons of sites out there that you can get uh, royalty free music. You can use it as much as you want, um, basically on any platform. They'll, they'll let you know, depending on the site, uh, what platforms are included and what license. Sometimes they have multiple tiers, like one is just for digital purposes. One is meant for if you're gonna be doing anything with broadcast or anything, but for most people's purposes, it's gonna be digital social media, website, et cetera. Um, sites like uh, Audio Jungle is a big mm -hmm. one. Um, Pond5 is another big one. Um, There's uh, one I was looking at the other day, Epidemic, is that right? I don't know. If you just Google royalty-free music or license-free music, it, there will be a, a plethora of things that will pop up in there. Like you won't have any, um, and like Justin said, like uh, some of the memberships, I mean, typically they're like 15 to 30 bucks a month. You know, and you can cancel them at any time. So if you were just going to do this and try to get as much as you could, like you could spend 30 bucks and have access to 100,000 songs to try to, um, full disclosure, like this can be a rabbit hole that you'll spend three hours on and then realize <laughs> that you've just been listening to 30 second clips of songs for three hours. Um, sure. So it, it, you can get carried away with it, but it, it does add uh, an, an element of professionalism to your video Beautiful. that'll separate, you know, that random panning shot of your um of your video that will kind of take it up a notch as you go through for sure and another thing good thing that music actually does um is let's say there's some kind of something came up in the audio whether somebody dropped something in the background or you know maybe there's a slight buzz coming from an air conditioning unit or a heating unit um music will help in kind of condensing over some of that background background noise if you've got the the levels balanced correctly between the audio the you know the voice dialogue and the music it actually kind of condense over um any kind of you know to a certain extent ambient noise in the background yeah no okay um what will your recommendations be or do you have any at all i don't know how much like if you've even played around with this but like for those people that are doing virtual classes or just doing like live stuff anything people should be thinking about with with regard to doing live content in general whether it's whether it's instagram live facebook live or zoom um i mean of the programs i'm a little more partial to zoom we use it a lot i mean mm -hmm. we're obviously on zoom call right now i think it's the um i think it's the most stable professional software that i've had i mean i've tried Google Hangouts, I've tried them all. Um, this seems to, to be kind of the most professional and one that you can get um, a membership for, for like 10 bucks a month, 15 bucks a month. Um, if you, you, they do have a free version, it does limit you to, I think like 40 minutes. 
So it'll literally like shut you down <laughs> if, uh, you know, in the middle of a- Yes, I think it's 40, anytime you go over two, there's a time limit right. if you use the free version. So if you're gonna go to third person, you have a 40 minute time cap, but most people don't need 40 minutes. Like you're good. You're, you're good using the free version forever for the most part. Yep. Um, other things I would recommend if for whatever live stream, I mean, mount, mount if, whether you're doing it on your phone or you're doing it from a computer, um, just like have it mounted in place, you know, just kind of, unless you're doing something where you're walking around, you're showing somebody something, um, it's a little distracting to have the phone kind of bouncing around while you're talking. Um, another thing I would definitely encourage engagement. I mean, this is time that you want to kind of interact with your community. So any kind of questions that you can kind of pose and get some engagement on and asking people for feedback. I mean, you know, nurture that dialogue right now, mm -hmm. now more than ever, of course, but, um, yeah. That's always something I, I recommend for live stream stuff. Yeah, the questions are always like a good yeah. one. Uh, if you're if you're thinking about mounts, there's I don't even I'm not even going to name one, but there's a ton of iPhone mounts that are magnetic in nature that you oh, can, yeah. and particularly in a gym where you can just slap it on your phone and then mount it literally wherever. Um, yeah. One thing to note, and this is particularly in a gym, most gyms ceilings. Like if you guys were watching this live one, because I'm sitting down and this is kind of pointed up, try not to get your ugly ass ceiling in the shot so it should be you know kind of angled down a little bit um so i don't know if you want to touch on that a little bit because that's some i think people they can probably have good content but the angle can make it super unappealing oh for sure um i mean not only in always being aware of your surroundings same thing like before being in a well-lit area uh but um yeah definitely the angle in which the camera is in front of you too i mean if it's too close to you and like underneath you, you could look like this scary demonic figure <laughs> in camera. You don't want it to be, you know, uh, you know, physically pleasing to yourself as well. Um, so I always reckon trying to get it as level as possible. You're mm -hmm. talking directly to people, not talking down to them or up to them. Um, so yeah, that angle is definitely, definitely a good key to look out for. Cool. I think we've covered I mean, for sure enough for somebody who's going to try to get started and trying to figure out where the hell to go now that they need to do this every day for the next month or so. Uh, anything we left out or anything I didn't? Yeah, two, two actually, two videos, types of videos came to mind, especially in taking advantage of time where you don't really have people around. There's no, there's not really members around, around your facility at the moment. Um, virtual tours or gym tours, this is kind of a good time to do it. That's right. Um, you did a killer yeah. one for us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've uh, we've obviously created one together. Um, this has become very much a standard uh, type of video that we do with a lot of our gym clients. Um, it's for for that person that maybe heard of your gym, landed on your website, um, has no idea what to expect when they walk in the facility. This is something where you can take them through every corner of your gym, explain the why behind everything, explain you know here's how this works, here's what you do when you first come in. Uh, you know, this is kind of a great time to, to get creative and, and show a virtual tour of your gym. Um, we kind of encouraged to make it, you know, fun and engaging like we did with yours. It was kind of like MTV crib style. Yeah. We need, I'm, I'm, our, well, I just know. had a, I had a guy from beyond the whiteboard come in and do a different one for something different, but we still need to go back and do a different one because that one that you and I did uh, before only basically had. 50% of the gym. So I still have to do, but that one was great. I had so I've had so many people over the years come in and reference that video 
that just, and they're like, it's cool. And they're like, and I knew where to go when I came in because you talked about it in the video. And that's just a really cool way for you to get some rapport with people that will have, you know, met you in air quotes, but haven't met you. So when they walk into the affiliate, they, it, when they see a familiar face instead of just kind of like looking around, like who the hell am I supposed to actually talk to? So that's a, that's a, I forgot to bring that up. So I'm glad you brought that up. Absolutely. And honestly, if you wanted to take it a step further, and this could be something that you kind of put in your operational practice. Um, I think we've created a, a video like this as, as well, kind of a what to expect mm -hmm. when somebody first signs up and you can do one for every category of person that might come to your facility. It could be what to expect when you actually sign up, what to expect when you're coming in for your first class or a foundation program. Um, get into like, it's, it's one thing if, you know, they're likely going to either call up, make the appointment or do so through a website, right? So they have no, face contact with you. Um, if you can kind of uh, create that kind of nurtured environment where you're kind of giving a kind of a warm presence before they even step foot in your facility, you're increasing your chances that much more of making them feel comfortable when they come in. So it's that familiarity. So uh, something that you can have pre-recorded for you know general purposes where you send it out to somebody, you know, hey, when you first come in, here's what you can expect on your first day in a trial class, you know. Uh, you come in and um, somebody's going to greet you. We're going to ask you to fill out a form. Somebody's going to sit with you and, you know, whatever, whatever your, your process is, if you can kind of get granular with it and uh, tell them what to expect when they first come in so that they're not kind of thrown off guard, um, especially if they think that they're just going to come in and jump right into a class. Yeah. Um, so I would highly recommend, I think this is a great time that you can get this stuff done. Um, yeah. These are things you can put in like your email. Yeah, these are things you can put in your email campaigns too. Like if you have some sort of automation set up where they contact you, there could be a video in there of you in the gym saying, hey, thanks for contacting us. I'm Jason. I'm the owner. We'll be reaching out to you. And then they get a phone call from Jason and then their follow-up when they schedule like, hey, you know, I just wanted to kind of talk to you about what's going to happen when you come in. We're going to sit down. We're not going to put you in a workout. And this is where you can do all of those one to two minute video clips and then drop those into different, and these almost need no editing whatsoever. Sure. So. 100%. Cool. Um, anything else? Um, I think that's it. I mean, you could even be uh, leading into content that you're going to start creating when you are going to kind of up your marketing. A lot of people are putting stuff on pause right now, which is understandable. But when you want to kind of get prepared for any kind of marketing or lead gen stuff, um, uh, from this point, or once you can kind of get the, the wheels turning and get people in the doors again, um, lead gen stuff is another great thing to, to work on. It could be some kind of a funnel program where, mm -hmm. you know, somebody opts in for a seven video lead series that kind of brings them through, uh, you know, basic foundation program or wh whatever, or basic movements of, of CrossFit. Um, these are kind of short videos that you can exchange for, for an email. Um, and incorporate it into your marketing where somebody can maybe download it right from your site um, once they opt in. So in terms of marketing content, I think this is a good time for that as well. Hell yeah, I like it. Well, listen, man, I know you're busy. We got to go shoot a virtual class here. Um, where can people find you, Monkey Reel, and reach out to you? Because a lot of people are probably going to forego doing the post work themselves, and they're going to need somebody to do this. And Justin has some really cool um, stuff that they do with regard to how they do it. I can tell you from my uh, experience very cost effective uh, and significantly faster on turnaround time than me dicking around in Adobe Premiere for three months trying to figure out a three minute video. So, 
<laughs> um, so you can check us out on monkeyrealmedia.com. A lot of our information is on there. Real is spelled R-E-E-L. Um, we are kind of a one-stop shop for video content for gyms. So we're not only uh, teaching you simple and effective tips like, like the ones that we've gone over today on how you can shoot your content. We're also giving you a game plan on what types of content are gonna be effective for your particular gym. Um, we then take the mo most time consuming part of the process off of your hands, which is the editing. So you shoot your content, we walk you through that process, you upload it to us, and then we do full post-production services from uh, motion graphics, you know, creating really cool intro and outro bumpers with your logo, music, uh, animation, and just making your content look as best as possible. And making, most importantly, making sure the content is gonna be effective for whatever you're implementing it for. Um, so uh, we are kind of a membership-based program where you're getting content. I mean, videos should never be one and done in this, in this market. So, um, you know, giving you consistent content on a monthly basis. Um, so all of our information is there. Um, I wanted to have guides and stuff prepared for anybody who's interested and certainly happy to answer any questions. So um, if you hit us up, info at monkeyrealmedia.com, we can send you tons of free resources, guides, um, answer any questions that you have. Um, so yeah, happy to help. Awesome. Guys, reach out to Justin if you have anything. Uh, like I said, he's done a ton of stuff for us. Uh, coach, um, coach videos, coach intros, testimonials, all sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, it, it, he already mentioned the gem intro video. Um, but you guys should have a ton of content after the coronavirus is gone. And then you're going to need somebody to help you do that. So reach out to him. Um, and he guy, and he and his team can help you out. So Brother, thanks again for your time. I really appreciate it. I thought this was super important, all things considered, uh, where we're at right now. So I um, hope you guys found some value in it, uh, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks a lot, dude. Thanks, Jason. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day, and thanks again to our special guest. We appreciate all you guys do for us with Best Hour of Their Day when it comes to sharing our posts on Instagram when it comes to subscribing to us on YouTube, when it comes to the constant feedback, we are grateful and we appreciate it. We are trying to build a community based on coaching development and becoming the best version of yourself. And it goes without saying that we couldn't do without all of you. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Season one of Dropping In is out. We are getting tremendous feedback, and we'd love for you to check it out. Leave us a comment on there. Head over to our Instagram. Give us a follow. Like our pictures. Feel free to share anything that resonates with you. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback for us, please don't hesitate. Email us, besthouroftheirday at gmail.com. Thanks again. Until the next episode, we hope you've had the best hour of your day.